Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fantastic co-host, Pre Tucker. Well, hello, hello. You know, I got to say, in light of today's episode, I thought it was going to be like something about procrastinating. Co-hosts. I would never, no, n- never. But that's a good, I actually think that procrastination gets a bad rap. Yeah. I, I think some people can be procrastinators and it, it can it can motivate better things. I, I just, I don't. I um, think like, okay, so I do think that, that some people have, they need the time pressure to get things done. Right. I'm, I'm one of those people and I kind of wish I wasn't. And I think that there's some mind over matter. I could probably get out of this at some point. Well, I, I, <laughs> I am 41 though. I might be stuck in this. <laughs> well, I need time pressure to get things done as well. Um, but you can use that to your advantage. Like the way I use it is I set the timers for myself because I try to beat my time. Because apparently, like, I'm also very competitive with it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do all this in 20 minutes and go. And sometimes I don't get it done in 20 minutes. But man, I get a lot more done in those 20 minutes than if I hadn't set the timer in the first place. Yeah, I I am competitive. You know, if I had to do it against somebody else, I think I would do better. Like competing against myself, I'm like, "Eh, oh, well. But if it was against someone else... Yeah. yeah, I think because I, yeah, I, I don't like to say I'm competitive, but I have learned over the course of time that I'm more competitive than well, I thought Well, we compare. <laughs> like, I think it's just human nature to compare. You right. compare, compare, compare. It's a, there's a thing called healthy competition. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There you go. Well, today we are talking about mornings. Yes, and the bane of my existence. I know. Bree does have a problem with mornings. <laughs> I hate you know? mornings. Can I just say I hate mornings? I see. I am a morning person and I think it's just like because there's larks and there's I can't remember what the night owl. I think it's a night owl. Yeah. That's I think it's called. the night owls. Yeah. Because it's like your chronotype. It's called a chronotype. Hmm. Um, so larks are ones who like to get up early in the morning and are the most productive in the morning, which I definitely am. And then night owls are the most productive in the evening, which is sounds like you are. Yeah, I am. I can get a lot more done in the evening than in the morning. Yeah, in the evening I'm like I can't, like my brain shutting down right now and like it just won't work and I like to go to bed like between 9 and 10. And you're up much later. I was going to say, like, I don't think I think about bed at that time, except for to tell my kids they got to go to bed. But I don't. I know. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I'm naturally up like 530. Like my eyes awake. And I was just talking with this about with Josh this morning, how like I get this feeling in the pit of my stomach if I am not getting out of bed. It's more of it's like a I have things to do. Why am I staying here? Like and I have to get out of bed. It's a good drive. I get I I get that, but mine comes in later than that. Yeah, I mean, because you're a night owl. Yeah, mine my it's not it's not a ton later. And and you know what? Also, another thing about about a lot of us, I think we kind of adapt to our environment. We too. do. Like I, my ex husband was a morning person. I got up at five a.m. for years because yeah. that's when he got up. So it just it. And then now I don't have a a morning lark in my household. As a matter of fact, Miguel is like uh, he sleeps just as much if that later than me so it's hard to get up I'm like oh well my environment is a little different I mean my environment's the same Eric my son he is the lark he's the lark he he's actually gotten me up earlier and earlier because of how early that boy wants to wake up in the morning yeah and like we've told him we're like you need to stay in your bedroom until six but I mean till six Brie I've seen until that six. is sad uh, so he has pushed my wake up a bit, uh, but my daughter really wants to sleep in. She gets mad at us in the mornings for waking her up, uh, on the weekends, especially if we're too loud and it 
disturbs her wake up time. My husband likes to sleep in as well. And when we were first dating and together and with no kids, I did sleep until nine. I stayed up until like one and I slept in until 9 a.m. So it's not saying that just because you're a night owl or a lark, you have to be that way forever. True. It's kind of working with what works for you. I think that is a really important point because again, at different points in our lives, we have different things that have to get done. And really what it comes down to is what causes I don't want to say what causes the least amount of stress, but, yeah. but what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because also in our household, yeah, no one gets up. Yeah. Really. Yeah. No one. So, so. <laughs> so for today's episode, we're talking about how to make mornings work for you and your family. So you're hearing it both from me, a lark, and from Bria Night Owl. So you have our two differing perspectives if you kind of identify with one or the other. And just because I'm a lark does not mean that mornings worked for me. Like, right. No, I don't uh, think that there's no. Any, yeah. Yeah, like, it, and just because I'm a night out doesn't mean I have my night routines downgraded at my house either. Yeah, so they're all things to work on. Uh, so let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, so mornings. Mornings are crazy. Everyone, it seems like rushing around. Kids are crying. Older kids are yelling. Parents are threatening to leave everyone behind because they can't can't be late to work one more time. Okay, I'm hoping that there are a couple head nods out there in podcast land where people are going like, yes, that has happened. Check, check, and check. Yeah, it's it's hard to get everyone out the door on time. Like I I had my things when I was actually a teacher and uh, trying to get my daughter out of the house when she was a preschooler. It's hard. It's hard when someone else is getting ready affects your ability to be on time. Oh my gosh, yes. And I will say that my, my hat is off to people that have very strict start times. Mm-hmm. I, that That's not something Brie was ever able to succeed with. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I just, yeah, no has to be some flexibility. It's interesting too, because I, with my time, I, I call myself a time cop. Like I am very, very like aware of time. And I think that's always because my dad was always late, like always late everywhere. It used to be called the Madden hour where we would say we'd be at a family member's house by a certain time. And if we arrive an hour later, oh my God, <laughs> that's so funny. So I'm always like, oh my gosh, we have to get on time. We have to leave. So I'm like a time cop on that. Um, and it helps. I think it helps getting our routines in place because just being late anywhere stresses me out so bad. I think that's a really good point. And I think that, I, okay, so I see that in my kids. Yeah. So everybody knows I'm I'm divorced. Their dad is a morning, he's a time cop. Yeah. He is a time cop all, all day long. He He's one of those, like, not military, but has that mindset of like, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. So I'm not that bad. So like, well, right. So he's, <laughs> but he's hyper aware and it would always cause a lot of stress and in, in us going places because Brie does not do as well as her t- with her time. <sighs> I am one of those people and shake your, you know, give me a heck yeah if you're one of these people where you always think you have, you can fit two more things in. Like you're like, okay, I got five minutes till I gotta leave. I can do three more things. You 
can't you do can't, three more You things, can't do it. No. But you're just trying to cram as much as you possibly can into every single moment. And you know what happens? Then you're late. Then you're late. Yeah. Because you thought you could cram two more, three more, five more things into that five minutes you had. And that makes people late. So the result I'm going to say is my son has a lot of the same perspective as me, I've noticed. He's always like, I can do two more things. I can do three more things. And we're all downstairs yelling at him. Come on, Robert, we're ready to go. And and he just moseys on down like, okay, I'm here. We're not, nothing's going to blow up. I'm on my way. <laughs> and then my daughter, on the other hand, is down there like throwing daggers from her eyes, yelling at all of us, we're going to be late. And I'm like, honey, school doesn't begin for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if I don't get there 15 minutes early, then we're late. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. It's okay. That's not confused. <laughs> my daughter likes to be on time too. I like to be on time too because I don't like having people wait for me because I know this the, the agony that I feel when I have to wait on others I'm like they don't respect my time they don't respect me like I feel like so like down in the dumps when I'm made to wait I've had a friend actually it's not you (laughs) she's like I have to preface this because Brie is always late (laughs) who like we would say we would meet at a certain time and then an hour later she would roll in why don't do an hour later no but yeah it was like an hour later and there was all these there was all these reasons for the lateness but when it came down to it it was like okay obviously like you do not respect my time at all and you don't respect me and that's like the feeling that is the feeling and that's what keeps me as a time cop because I'm like I don't want anyone to think that of me that's hard yeah yeah but that's that's kind of like going off the subject of mornings in general it's just basically like time awareness it's a good it's a good point of all the emotions right like so like everything you're hearing us talk about all these emotions are tied into timeliness it's not you get these the stress yeah it's not a simple like oh i need to be more consistent with my routines no no there's so much emotion tied into time that i mean i think if you don't recognize that it's going to hold you back it's just going to make you feel shame and guilt So there is a lot of emotion there. So first recognize that emotion and then we are going to take those things to make mornings work for us. Right. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, 
is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Great. We have got four solid tips to help people out today. Yes. So first, what's our first tip, Ray? First tip is take some stock, people. Yes. What does that mean? It means like (laughs) what actually needs to be done in the morning. So something that helps me a lot and something that we teach kids to do actually through our course, Tame Your Morning Chaos for Kids, is to write down everything that needs to be done in the morning. Right. Is it packing lunches? Is it laying out school clothes? Is it brushing teeth? Is it eating breakfast? Like everything that needs to be done. And then how much time does that actually take? That's something that would be helpful for people like me Mm -hmm. that underestimate the time. It's a great... Like it's a great exercise just to write down how much time each takes and then to add it up. And sometimes you'll see like, oh my gosh, my morning routine, like everything I try to get done in the morning is two hours. Well, you know what else I would throw out there too? We're just talking about that. Okay. Especially for someone like me that always thinks that they can get six more things done. You need to actually have a observational day. Like where you have a timer and you time how long it actually takes you to, uh, this is what I'm famous for. My makeup, I have it down to this great science. It takes me two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Both. It actually (laughs) takes me seven minutes, but I thought it was two. Don't ask me why. I don't know why I thought two, but I thought I had it down to two minutes. And like one day I timed myself and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's like seven minutes from start to finish. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow. And I thought I was doing really well. And I do think, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure there are people that take longer than seven minutes. Yeah. And it's great. They probably look much better than I do, but- Still, that, that's my point is that you might make that list and go, oh, it only takes me two minutes to brush my teeth, but, mm-hmm, but really, really it, it takes, takes you longer. longer. Right. So longer. have a day where you take some time and you, you everybody timers it. And everybody is responsible for themselves on this. That's something like I cannot emphasize enough. If right now you're listening and you feel like you're in charge for getting your kids out the door in the morning, mm -mm, everyone's in charge for getting out the door in the morning. Like this is not all on you. So this is not something that you write down everything everybody needs to do. It's stuff that they can write down as well. Like you can have a family meeting about this one. I love doing this as a family meeting setting. As a matter of fact, as we were writing this episode, Joanne and I were talking and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need to do a family meeting when my kids come back next week because our mornings are getting out of control and there's so much hostility happening in the mornings that we need to kind of get it back under control. Another good reason to do the take the stock with everybody together mm-hmm. is what if there's something that you don't realize that your son does in the morning that's yeah. important to him. That's it. Yeah. Right. Or there's something that you have to do in the morning that your kids don't even realize that you have to do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, 
I didn't know mom had I to didn't do know that. You did that, yeah. Because it can't all be left to mom. That's no, so unfair. No, it's not. And also, like, if you have a partner in the house, like, rely on your partner to do it. I was letting my husband sleep in for the longest time because I felt like his sleep was more important than my own and my own sanity. Mm. And I think that's a common thing. It I is. mean, it's it's talked about in uh, the book Fair Play by Eve Rodsky about how we don't value like our own time as much as we value other people's time. And as a result of that we tend not to ask for help and we also tend to try to do everything ourselves so if you have a partner in the house do this with them as well um i have let go of mornings one big thing i've let go of in my house and i like refuse to touch which feels amazing now but at the beginning it was was so hard i don't touch the dishes oh i don't touch them like if they're so dishes like our job like if i cook dinner my husband cleans up and mm-hmm. that's our agreement. That's yeah. totally our agreement. So before I would go downstairs in the morning before he woke up and I'm like, oh, he didn't get a chance to clean up. I'm going to clean up the entire kitchen oh. and like get brownie points and pat on the head and whatever I was looking for. I don't know what I was looking for. Really, I became a stressed out mess. So now when I go downstairs and if there's dishes on the counter, I'm like, oh, there's dishes on the counter and I just go on about my day and because he does eventually take care of them. No, he, he does. He gets yeah. up and he does them. He just chooses to do them at a different time than what we would have wanted. Yes, which is totally fine. It's totally right. fine. So rely on your partner. Also, we do that with breakfast. Like my son's an early riser. And if I get up ahead of time and I'm up, I will go down and make eggs. Um, but if I, if my son gets up a little later and I'm like already involved in something, like if I jump on like the bike or I'm taking a shower, my husband will take my son down to the kitchen and he will make breakfast for all of us. Okay. So it's like, we kind of switch off and it works for us that way, but it's not all on me. Right. And I think that's really important for sure. So tip one, take stock. Take stock. Figure out what has to be done by everybody. This is a group effort, not on one person's responsibility. Yes. And really figure out that time. Yes. So what if you find out that your morning routine does take two hours? That leads (laughs) us into step number two, doesn't it? Yeah. Tip number two. See what you can move to nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things you can do the night before. Like we, when my kids were in elementary school, we would put their um, backpacks by the door. Make sure that their lunches were packed. Lay out their clothes. Oh, yeah. Something that I taught my kids to do is melted like Camden's or melted Eric's where they lay out their clothes like a person on the floor. That's so cute. So that they see everything they need. And my my daughter still does this for herself. My son is like, I'll be fine. <laughs> and that's his choice. It's mm-hmm. totally his choice. But that is something that she moved to the night times and backpacks, checking them. We need to discuss packing lunches. Okay. Because... That is something that I feel many parents think they have to do and they have to make their kids lunch and things like, oh, that my kids won't eat healthy if I don't pack their lunch. And then and then what happens? It's the typical thing. My kids don't eat healthy. They'll be cranky. We won't get anything done. Pretty soon they're living in a van by the river. <laughs> I know. I love that. That is so our go-to. They're living up in a van by the river. Down by the river. Yes. No, that's really good. That's a, that's a fantastic point. And you know, I we just recently had stepmomming episode. Yes. And uh, Kristen shared that that was one of her favorite hacks is that they have their... That that she has her daughter, her stepdaughter, pack her own lunch. And that was very invigorating when she was able to let go of that. And I and I do, I am definitely on the side part of like, listen, my kids know what the expectations are in their meals. Mm-hmm. They we have the same expectations at every meal. It is a protein, a a grain or carb, and a fruit or vegetable, mm-hmm. plus a drink. 
of yeah. sorts. That's breakfast, that's lunch, that's dinner. They have all those. Now, in my case, my kids are in, in middle school, but they pack their own lunch. Yeah. Because, and they know what the expectations are. And it, and I have seen my kids throw in Doritos and um a, a, a like hazelnut. What is that called? That hazelnut spread. The Nutella. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Nutella. Yeah. Sandwich. And like that is her lunch. And you're like, and I'm just like, well, enjoy the crashing in the middle of the day at school and yeah. the tummy ache when you come home. And it's great natural consequences for them because a lot of parents like you might be thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that like they eat that. Well, they feel the energy effects of that. Like yeah. my daughter has gone through the energy effects of that and she's gone through the stomach aches, too. And she knows now she ties it to what she eats. So I'm seeing more of a change now in her picking consciously what to eat like we'll order something from a restaurant she's like well I really want macaroni and cheese but I'm gonna get chicken and I'm gonna get veggies and I'm like no joke she's doing this now because she's had to deal with just the stomach aches and the uncomfortableness of food not fueling her right and I think another thing too when it comes to kids packing lunches and again this is if you do a lunch pack you know some some kids buy and whatever works but I'm the parent uh, my kids are going grocery shopping on their own. So if I don't want them to eat like fruit roll-ups, yeah, then guess what? I don't buy fruit roll-ups. No, you just buy the stuff that is healthy for the lunches. Right. So I mean, they want something sweet. Okay, we come to the middle ground. Yeah. And the middle ground is like, what am I willing to give you that sweet? Okay, maybe it's flavored applesauce instead. Or maybe it's yogurt covered raisins. I don't care. But we come to the middle ground because I'm not going to buy the things that I don't want them eating if I don't trust their skill. But they got to learn how to pack food on their own at some point. They do. And it's good when they're at home and with us. Like Mm -hmm. my second grader, he packs his own lunch mostly. Um, My husband actually is down in the kitchen when my son's packing lunch. Um, So sometimes he'll be like, oh, like I'll put this in my lunch. And then he asks, he's like, daddy, can you help me make a sandwich? And at that, he's like, yeah, I can help you make a sandwich. Like, what do you want? And then he tells him. So it's like a work. It's a work together thing. But it's not expected of us as parents. And they know this. It is not our responsibility to pack their lunch. It is their responsibility to figure out what they're eating for lunch. Yeah. I want to say in our household, my kids started probably packing their lunch for... It would go on and off sometimes, but I would say probably about like fifth grade, they definitely took over the vast majority of packing their lunches and they could have done it earlier. Yeah. I was just, no, no, I was, I wanted to be in control. You're in control. Yeah. I wanted to be in control. That's hard. It's hard to give up that control. Right. But now that you've given up the control, how do you feel? I feel much better about it. I don't, I don't have any guilt. We, we buy, I ask them what, I ask them for their input every week when we buy groceries. What do you guys want for lunch this next week? And if we can buy it, we buy it. If we, if they ask for something that I'm not going to buy, like we did have the gushers pop up. The gushers? The gushers crack me up because I am so anti-gushers. Okay. Are they delicious? Yes, they're they're delicious. I would eat all the gushers. They are so delicious. But they are so unhealthy and my kids have a tendency to binge eat them. So like a box will be gone in five minutes. They'll just like grab like three packs. I would do that. Right? Yeah. I, if the right. gushers were in my house, I, I would, swear. Be gone. I don't know what they put in fruit gushers, but man. Crack. They it's crack. No, don't, it's not. It's not. Don't sue me gushers. But no. anyway, like so my daughter told Miguel when he was making the grocery list that she wanted Gushers. Yeah. So he bought Gushers and I didn't know he did. Yeah. And when we got home, we were unpacking the groceries. I'm like... Do you buy gushers? He's like, well, yeah, Audrey said she wanted them. I'm like, okay, in the future, (laughs) she's not allowed to have gushers. And he's like, well, she, you know, she just wants something sweet. I'm like, watch how long that box is here. And it was gone within a day. And he's like, what happened? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) the gushers are gone. Because Audrey will binge eat gushers. 
So anyways. So find out what you could do the night before, like packing lunches. Right. And that leads us into the morning. Oh. Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Oh, this is a hard one for me. Wake up right. Yes. How do you wake up? So, all right. So in our house, we have Alexa, and we have found that you could do Alexa routines. I didn't even know these existed. And I, I'm sure they have them for Google as well. So any kind of smart home system, and you can set routines. So we have one routine where our lights come on at half capacity at 6 a.m., and Alexa says, good morning, the weather is such and such, and the time is such and such. That's my first alarm. I would be like, shut up, Alexa. <laughs> Sometimes I do tell her to be quiet. And then the second alarm goes off at 630 when the lights go up to full capacity. Mm-hmm. Alexa says, good morning again, tells us the weather, and then does the news headlines. It's mm. my second alarm. Then my third alarm is my, oh, poop, get out of bed. It is 7 a.m. <laughs> get moving. Oh, man. But... I, that does honestly the alarms do help me because they wake me up gently i do not do well to that whole like one sound and getting up it made me cranky and i, and I wasn't good at that plus i do better waking up with lights uh, i read an article that when you put your feet on the floor yeah. and you sit up and you breathe deeply it helps wake up your system faster oh awesome and then i know the one that many people like in the morning which i wish i was and i'm trying to get towards because i used to do this when i was younger mm-hmm. exercising in the morning i do that it's a great thing to wake I you do. up and it's actually if you do it consistently your body wakes up automatically because it craves that exercise it's really a weird thing yeah now with me with my wake up i i have a an apple watch and it wakes me up with the little haptics on my wrist at 5 a.m and then i turn it off and turning it off works for me because I get so anxious that I'm going to oversleep that it prevents me from falling back asleep and I get out of bed probably about 20 minutes later but I lay there and I cuddle with the dog and I cuddle with my husband and then I'm like okay 
I'm up. <laughs> yeah, you actually like wake up. It, it takes a, it takes a little bit to wake up, but those are those are all really great things that that help you wake up in mm-hmm. the morning. Music is another big one. Like once I actually get up and get out of bed, then I turn on um, music and it it just like nice loud upbeat. Yep. So wake up right, and then finally, this helps with kids a lot. Visual aids. I'm going to be honest. Helps with me too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm a list maker. Oh, oh yeah, you are a list maker. You yeah. like to check off things in the morning. Well, you know why also? Because huh. I have like, I never got back the pregnancy brain. Oh. Like <laughs> I, I will sit there and be like, oh, I need to buy this. And then I'll go to the store and I will totally buy something else. Oh, shiny object. Oh, look at that. That looks cool. And yeah. then I totally forget what I went to the store for. Oh. So the morning routine can be like that for me too. Like, what did I just you say? list. I have some envelopes at my house that I've been meaning to bring to Joanne and I keep forgetting every stinking morning to bring those envelopes over. See, if I had a list, I'd look at the list and be like, you can't tell me what to do list. (laughs) I am like the most stubborn person. And I think my kids are a little bit too. But what we did for them is we have like these cards that had a picture of what they had to do. And we did this when they were young, when they Mm -hmm. were like five or six, Um, a picture of what they had to do. And then it said like, get dressed next to it and so they ordered these cards in the order that they wanted to do it and they put it on their bedroom wall and that helped them in the morning that is actually a great technique that it i find in all um, aspects that i've had in early childhood that no matter what technique we're using no matter what strategy we're talking about the morning routine charts routine charts in general are always successful with children and six su- and suggested for them yeah now how long they work um, how they need to be made. Now that varies it by varies, child yeah. and family. And kids should always have control over the order that they do things and the things they decide to do in the morning versus at night, right. which um, in like Tame Your Morning Chaos, that's that's what we're working out of. We have the kids completely in control of their routine and they decide what they need to do and they're working toward a reward at the end of their morning. And how does that feel? And how does that feel as a parent that you don't have to nag your kid anymore or stand over their shoulder and go, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? It's great because you know what? I, I never nag my kids in the morning. They're the ones usually telling me, okay, we have to go right now. And I'm the one being like, okay, just maybe put on my makeup. Got it. Okay, let's go. And they're, they're on it. They're so on it. And I'm kind of letting them tell me when they have to go versus me getting them. Now, the trick is to make sure that their school schedule is earlier than where you ha- when you have to be somewhere. Because that wouldn't work if like I had to get them there like 10 minutes early to be to work on time. Like it has to be earlier than when you have to be somewhere. Well, yeah, you guys definitely have to have like that discussion too. But it, it just helps so much. And if you have a kid that likes to check off things, like mm-hmm. get a dry erase board or, yeah. or laminate that list, you know, something that so they can check it off if that makes them feel good. And, and where do they want to put it? So that they get to see that those items too is a huge, huge help. Yeah. It so, is. So, so four tips. Four tips. Get help from your kids and from your partner, you know, when you take stock of what you do in the morning. Don't take responsibility for everything. Right. It's not completely your responsibility. In oh. fact, one of our no good mom mindsets. Yes. Is always showing love to my family does not mean that I have to do everything. Exactly. And uh, even if you work from home, like this is a hard one. Sometimes if you feel like you work from home, like I do, you have to take care of everything and do it all. And it's just not the case. Right, right. Whether or not you work from home or or you don't or you don't work outside the home or you're like, no, just because you're there 
And let's say just because you're a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean it still all falls on your shoulders. Yes, it does. You're teaching life skills to your children by having them help out. You have to, and I think that's a big mind shift sometimes. It is a big mind mm-hmm. shift. And you have a great quote. Yes. Well, actually, I got it from you in Tame Your Morning Chaos. Oh. Change is hard in the beginning, messy in the middle. And it's gorgeous at the end. I would say that's really true because change is completely hard and it feels like nothing's going right and everything feels awkward. And then when the change happens, you're like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you and we will see you next time. Thanks for stopping by. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.